0: Last time here on Graceful Truth, Pastor Steve Converse had us in the Proverbs, our series simply entitled Wisdom for Living. We were looking at you and your job and the six kind of workmen that we found in Proverbs. Spent a lot of time looking at the wrong kind of workmen. Today, we'll take a look at the right kind. Join us. a good kind of employee and a bad kind of employee. Today, we'll take a look at the good kind and what God's Word has to say about it. Welcome to today's broadcast of Graceful Truth, the ministry of Grace Bible Church in Redwood City with our teacher and pastor Steve Converse. We'll take a look at the three characteristics of the diligent workman, as well as the two characteristics of the thoughtful and the skillful. It's all straight ahead as we continue our series, Wisdom for Living, a look at the Proverbs. Here's Pastor Steve Converse with today's broadcast of Graceful Truth. I mean, that's kind of a,
1: a hard, hard lesson for folks to learn. They're constantly chasing after wealth, constantly chasing after riches. I think of some of these guys who have more money than they could ever even imagine to spend. And yet, they're still driven, and they're still driving, and they're, they're probably sacrificing their family and marriage and everything just to get to the next level, whatever the level is, even though they're at the top. They're still not satisfied. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with working hard and getting paid for it, and, and if you're an inventor and you invent something and you make lots of money, hey, praise God, that's great. Nothing wrong with that. But there comes a point when we have to put these things into perspective. So they don't stop even though they have all the riches they need. Um... Also, this person is classified in Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 5, as being extremely selfish. Extremely selfish. And it's funny because you read some bios of some of these guys, these CEOs of these companies that are doing very well and they just make hand over fist money. I mean, that's that's all they do. And yet, you know, when you talk to them, (laughs) they're very stingy people. Not that they don't give to charity and I'm sure they do their part. I'm not saying that. But just something about the personality. They just seem very stingy. Fourthly, he ends up getting burned basically because of his own greed. That's what happens. Greed turns around and bites him. In Proverbs 28, verses 19 to 20, it says this. He who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows uh, frivolity will have poverty enough. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens... To be rich will not go unpunished. In other words, there's nothing wrong with being rich, like I said, but you have to keep things in perspective. You have to understand that that's not all there is to life. And yet, that's how the world makes us think. Finances, money is fleeting. It just is. And so we can't put our trust in it. I mean, if God's blessed you in that way, praise God. Some people are are very blessed to be able to manage finances and have all the things. And you know what? That's great. And some people aren't. And that's just the way life is. But I just thank God that, you know, I remember when the whole stock market thing crashed this last time and people lost all this money. I remember turning to my wife saying, well, there, there is a benefit about not having a lot of money in there. I mean, we, we don't have nothing to worry about, right? So in a way, you know, it's kind of a free living life. Not that I wouldn't. Want some money in there, and at least be able to have the opportunity to do something like that. But you know what? I mean, that's in God's time. So we have to stop, and we have to question. Hopefully, we don't fit into one of these categories. You know, hopefully, we're not a a, a, a greedy person. Hopefully, you know, we don't aren't lazy. We aren't deceptive in our practices because people are watching us as believers. People are watching us, and we have to be very careful about that. Um, Sometimes it's hard for us, I think, to visualize Bible characters involved in an occupation. I mean, it's just hard for us to understand that. We tend to lose sight of their humanness because we we're so focused on the spiritual side of things. But you know what? There's people in the Bible that basically, you know, they, they work just like everybody else worked. And so we want to spend some time looking at some positive, the right kind of workers that we see throughout the book of Proverbs. And hopefully these will represent us as, as believers. But unfortunately, a lot of Christians fall into the first three categories. But let's look at the, the three kinds of right workers, the good workers. Um, it says, first of all, in Proverbs ten four that there's such a thing as somebody who is diligent in his work. He's diligent. He's not obsessed. He's not over the mark, but he's diligent. He wants to get the job done, and he wants to do it in the right way. That's a very good characteristic. It says in Proverbs 10, 4, He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent, what? Makes rich. Solomon put it this way, Poor is he who works with a negligent hand, but the hand of a diligent Makes it rich. Another translation reads it that way. Makes him rich. Uh, The term diligent there is important to understand for us. It comes from the verb that means to sharpen or uh, to cut. That's what it means. And put it into practical thinking here. It conveys the idea of the worker who is decisive. He's sharp in his actions. He's disciplined. He knows what he's supposed to do and he does it. The diligent person is the one who can cut through all the the fog of laziness and sharpen him or herself with hard, disciplined decisions. And sometimes that doesn't come easy. I know for myself, sometimes it's a struggle during the week to sit myself in a chair and study what I'm supposed to be studying. This is difficult. Not that I don't enjoy it. I love it. But, you know, the way I think... You know, I'll sit down for five minutes and then I'm thinking, oh wait, you know, something in the fellowship hall that I need to do, or there's something downstairs, you know, and then I find myself wandering off, and it's like, wait a minute. You know, I g I gotta get this thing done for Sunday. You know, and it's Wednesday and I, I still don't have an outline, I still don't have you know, and, and that's 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 a struggle sometimes. Whereas other people, boy, that's you know, that just comes as a, a natural thing for them. Everything else gets left by the wayside and they're, they're able to focus like a laser beam. Some people can do that very easily, some people can't. A lot of it has to do with your personality, a lot of it has to do with your giftings and things like that. But there's certain characteristics here about this diligent person. First of all, he's a person of determination and discipline. He's a person of determination and discipline. He has to be, to be diligent. Also in, in 1227 it says that he's alert, he's keen. 1227 says, the lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession. He's alert. He's keen. He uses his resources properly. He knows what he's doing. 1423, it even talks about his being motivated. He's motivated. Have you ever worked with somebody who's just unmotivated? Who's just, they don't care? You know, maybe you had a a uh, study group or you had a, a, a work group and you had to get a thing done and you have one member that's just like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. You know, uh, that's so, it's, it's so frustrating, I think, to be, be part of that um, and, and see that, how it drags the whole group down. That kind of person, this kind of person who is, is, is diligent um, enjoys several benefits Money will care for itself. Promotions and raises will regularly occur because they're diligent in their job. Inner satisfaction will accompany his work. He's not unsatisfied with his job. He enjoys it. So the Bible speaks about that. Are we diligent in our work? And it doesn't just have to be our work at, at, for pay. You know, Maybe you're retired and you know, I, don't, I don't think there's any retirement for Christians in the ministry. So at some point, you're still ministering to people. Are you doing that with diligence? We're not just talking about punching the time clock here. We're talking about our attitude toward any kind of ministry or work, or whatever it might be. Also, the second thing here is the thoughtful worker. The thoughtful worker. Somebody who's thoughtful about his work. Um, It says, A righteous man in 12.2, A righteous man regards the life of his animal, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. It's interesting that Solomon presents this individual who is perhaps a thoughtful boss as even having concern for the life of an animal used in his work. That's the kind of concern that he has. If you're employing employees, are you concerned about your employees? You take care of your employees. That's a very important characteristic, to be thoughtful. Characteristics are he is genuinely concerned about the lives of those who work both over and under him. He has insight, understanding, and discernment concerning these things. In Proverbs 27, 18, it says one of the benefits of the thoughtful worker enjoys this. It says, he who tends the fig tree will eat its fruit, and he who cares for his master will be honored. See, this employee is somebody who's thoughtful, and he'll enjoy the benefits of his own work, and he's going to eat of the fruit that he's tending. And he'll derive some personal benefit from, from the work other than just a paycheck because God has called him to do it so he's thoughtful about his work and then thirdly the skillful in Proverbs twenty-two twenty-nine, 29 Proverbs 22 29, it says this do you see a skill a man skilled in his work he will stand before kings he will not stand before obscure men in other words the person who characteristics of a skillful man, or that he's able to do his job efficiently and with great expertise, they're skillful at their work. He's capable of working in haste without violating competence. I mean, that's the kind of characteristics you like to have in a cardiac doctor, right? I mean, I didn't know this guy, and Bika didn't know this guy, became recommended. And after her angiogram, the first cardiac doctor said, ah, I don't know if stints are gonna be an option because you got this one blockage in this one place, could be dicey with the stints, I think you're looking at open heart surgery, but I gotta talk to the guy that does the stints before. He's the expert, we'll talk to him first. And he came back in an hour and he said, he says no problem. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, you just said it was kind of difficult. Now you're telling me there's no problem. Which is it? As we walk through this process of talking to the surgeon and talking to the guy that does the stents, I mean, it became very clear to us it's a no-brainer. You go home the next day with the stents, so you stay in the hospital for five to seven days, and you have three to five, six months recovery. I mean, you know, it's a no-brainer. But both the heart surgeon and the, 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 the cardiac doctor who did the, the stents were very skillful. And we knew that he was capable of doing his job well and efficiently. I mean, I thought this would be like a two, three hour operation. I mean, 40 minutes, she's back in the room. Amazing. Nurses saying, yeah, he works real quick. He works real quick. You know, that, we, we want somebody that's skillful, and we want to be skillful. When we, when we know what God has called us to do, and we're not just talking ministry, we're talking secular work, we're ta- but we know when we're in God's will, and whatever it might be, whether it's a software company, or a pharmaceutical company, or a roofing company, or a, a janitorial service, whatever it might be. When we know that that's what God has called us to. We want to do it with diligence. We want to do it skillfully. We want to do it with the right kind of attitude. Because that, that job or that career or that business, or whatever it is, it's really a blessing from God to us. I mean, as hard as it is sometimes to get motivated in your job or your work or whatever, do you ever stop and just say, you know what? I thank God I have a job. Especially, especially today in this environment we're living in. And we need to remind ourselves sometimes that when it comes to our job, is it a, I gotta go to work? are we living for the day when we don't have to go to work? Is that all we're living for? Or are we saying, you know what, for whatever reason, God has me here in this company and he's got me here for a specific reason. And I know I'm a Christian and I know I can influence those around me and God, you just make it happen and I want to be the best worker I can be. Because I don't want them ever to point their finger at me and say, oh, that's one of those guys who goes, church, yeah. We see him reading his Bible 24-7 almost. He doesn't get anything done. You know, that's not the kind of presentation we need to be giving to a lost and dying world. We need to be excited. We need to be engaged. And we need to be expecting God to do great things through, through us as we work there. The world is in desperate need of seeing a Christian who is willing to do honest, hard, skilled work day in and day out. Skill, efficiency, discipline, thoughtfulness, all those things are things that people should see in us. Which kind of worker are you? Are you a sluggard a deceiver or greedy? Are you diligent, thoughtful or skillful? You really need to go before God and you need to ask God, you know, show me, show me where I fit in this. Because I would definitely want to do my best for you. We know that people, we all probably know people who've worked their fingers to the bone all their life been wound up dirt poor. Some of that has to do with money management, some of it has to do with just the way life, what life dishes them out. But just in way of closing I think God wants to bless you in your job. I really do, in your employment. And first of all, I think for him to do that, you have to stop and you have to fine tune your own motives. You have to stop and ask yourself, why do you work? Why do you do the job you do? Is it just because of the pay? Is that the only reason? Because money alone is never a sufficient motivation to do any work. (laughs) If it's just for the paycheck, you might want to stop and say, maybe I'm not in the right profession. Think about it with even professional sports. You know, those guys who are very successful in what they do, they're not doing it just for the paycheck. Trust me. They're doing it because they love the sport. Whether it's Michael Jordan or Cal Ripton or any of those guys. Al Way, in their time, I mean, the money they made was phenomenal. But you know what? They went out there every day because they love the sport. Your job's an opportunity to serve God. Work's not a curse. It's really a blessing. It's not a waste of time. Also, make a commitment to quality. Make a commitment to quality. Just early on in your, in your employment, just say, you know what, I'm going to do the best I can. And If you own a business, I'm going to do the best I can or for my employees or for my customers or whatever it might be because people are watching. And God will bless you as a result of that he really will. Thomas Watson the founder of IBM said this if you want a big company tomorrow you have to start acting like a big company today and you know what that's true that applies to anything in life really if you want a promotion tomorrow you have to start earning it today if you want to be a success tomorrow you have to start working toward that today In the Japanese world, they have a phrase, and a, a word that they use in business, and there's really no English equivalent to this phrase that they use. Basically, the word can be best translated by the phrase constant and continual improvement. Constant and continual improvement. And we're talking about our jobs today, we're talking about work, but you know what? That applies to our spiritual lives too, doesn't it? Are we at the same place we were a year ago in our spiritual walk? Are we at the same place just kind of putting in the time? Or is God showing us new things? Is God moving us along toward his son more and more and more? And then also just strive for diligence. Strive for diligence. Be willing to do mundane things that you may not think have any effect day in and day out, but they're necessary for you to do. Nobody's noticing, but you know what? You're being faithful. I read a story this past week. Sometimes, you know, you're working, you think, oh, the boss doesn't notice what I do. And I I read this story the the, the past week about a hands-on manager in an office of about 20 people. And his boss works in the same office, but he doesn't interact much with the employees at all. And the story went on it says, when they were considered, considering giving someone in the office a promotion, my friend recommended one of his workers. And his boss turned to him and said, are you kidding me? Her? She's the last person I would promote. And my friend said, well, she does excellent work. What are you talking about? She's, I mean, she's top in her field. And his boss said, all as I know is she comes in 10 minutes late every day carrying a McDonald's sack. Not only is she late, but she expects to be paid while she eats her breakfast. See, unfortunately, the only thing that boss saw was that little sliver of time when that girl came into the office 10 minutes late with her. But it had an impact, far-reaching impact, on her ability to be promoted within that company, even though she was in top in her field and was really helping the company a lot. All the boss saw was that one thing. You want God to bless you in your job? Then be diligent. Be consistent. Pay attention to every detail. Jesus said this in Matthew 15, 21. When you are faithful in a few things, I will put you in charge of many things. God wants to bless us in our jobs. He wants to allow us to enjoy them. It doesn't have to be a drudgery. It should be something that we look forward to each and every day. Let's close in a word of prayer. And Father, we thank you for our jobs, whatever they may be. And Lord, we thank you that you've provided for us a way to put food on the table, to put clothes on our back, to put a roof over our heads. And Father, that involves work. And sometimes that work can become tedious, that work can just become draining, that work can become overwhelming. And Lord, that's why your word says so much about it, that we have to put it in the right perspective. We have to keep it in the right priority, that we can't have it too high, but we can't have it too low. We have to really go to you and ask you for wisdom. And that doesn't matter whether we're accepting a promotion at work. We should be able to come to you and think through it. Well, what is this going to require? Is this going to require me gone five days away from my family every week? Is that a good thing? Would that be something that God would bless you with? That would potentially harm your family just to make more money? We have to filter everything through that because things aren't always what they seem to be. And so, Lord, I pray that you would give us the right attitude toward our jobs, toward our work, toward our ministries. Lord, that we would be filled with your spirit, that people would sense in us a desire to serve not just our boss or whoever we work for, but that we would be doing it for you. Father, we thank
0: you and we praise you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Well, it's our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal his grace to your hearts through the teaching of his word each week. We trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area. If not, we'd love to have you come out and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m., and we offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children through grade five. If you'd like to encourage us here at the Graceful Truth program, give us a call at the Grace Bible Church in Redwood City, 650-366-9923, or visit our website, gracefultruth.org. And now, to close out our time together with a look at our fall schedule, once again, here's Pastor Steve Converse. Thanks, Andy. I want to share some exciting information with our listening
1: audience concerning our fall schedule here at Grace Bible Church, Redwood City. First up, we'll be having our fall Israel and Bible Prophecy Conference featuring Bible teacher Dr. David Hawking on November 18th, 19th, and 20th. It will all kick off on Friday, November 18th at 7 p.m. with concert pianist David Talbot leading us in some wonderful hymns here at Grace Bible Church, Redwood City. The conference is free, so we hope to see you here the weekend right before Thanksgiving. Second on our fall schedule will be a real blessing to our ladies here in the Bay Area. Ladies, we have a real Christmas treat for you coming up on Saturday, December 3rd here at Grace Bible Church, Redwood City. We will be hosting a woman's Christmas tea with speaker and author Elise Fitzpatrick. Elise will be teaching from her book, Because He Loves Me, How Christ Transforms Our Daily Life. The tea will be held on Saturday, December 3rd with seating for the tea beginning at 11 a.m. Our program will begin promptly at 11.30 and will conclude at 2.30 p.m. here at Grace Bible Church, Redwood City. Cost of registration will be $20, and registration will be required in advance. Ladies, you know firsthand how hectic your world can become just prior to the Christmas season. We want to give you the opportunity to break away from your daily routine for just one Saturday afternoon and come together for some great fellowship, worship, and teaching that's based on God's Word. Why not plan on being here Saturday, December 3rd from 11 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. for a wonderful time of fellowship, worship, and teaching from Elise Fitzpatrick. I'm sure you'll enjoy the time together and walk away with a renewed sense of purpose and commitment to Christ. All the registration information can be found on our church website at gracebibleonline.org. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening to Graceful Truth each weekend. And
0: it'd be a wonderful encouragement to us to hear from you about how this program has been a blessing to your hearts. Thank you, Steve. And again, friend, we'd love to hear from you. So call us today, 650-366-9923, or write to us, 2225 Euclid Avenue, Redwood City, 94061 is our zip code. Until next time, God bless.